Cool. So welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You're here with Kramer and Jake, and we've got uh, some news on two recent raises. First one being VC firm A16Z just led a $50 million seed round for Gary V's NFT project called VFriends. So VFriends season one was actually launched back in May of 2021, and it was kind of on an auction mint basis, meaning there wasn't a set price and you were able to kind of bid what you thought. So we let the community decide what the price was. But today, the floor price for those season one V friends are sitting right around 7.2 Ether, which is a little over 10K each. Uh, the total market cap for V friends is right around 100 million, which isn't half bad. And that puts it in the top 30 collections on OpenSea, which is one of the biggest, if not the largest NFT trading markets out there. Uh, VFriend states that it's an NFT project around meaningful intellectual property and extraordinary community. So kind of what each token does is it grants admission to the VCon conference, which I think was held, I don't know if it was Minneapolis, it was held somewhere back in May, um, earlier of May or March of earlier 2022. And it gives you kind of different levels of access based on the rarity of the NFT. So the background, the attributes, so on and so forth. What was most interesting to me here was that A16 also recently led a $25 million seed round to launch CoCreate, which is a protocol that intends to support the growth of NFT projects and enable them to launch their own native tokens. And along with A16 was the Vayner Fund was also an investor, which is Gary V's kind of venture arm. So Definitely interesting. Something to keep an eye on. You know, everything Gary does, he's a, you know, a serial entrepreneur. So it's not really surprising uh, to me to see his community kind of pushing this forward because um, he really does connect with them. But Jake, what were your uh, what were your thoughts here, man? So it seems like the big focus here is on the building the community, which all NFT projects want to do. But usually it's to build up a, a base of buyers. And sellers you're trying to create a market whereas here like the end goal so with other mt projects the community is almost a means to an end whereas the friends just going off their their website it seems like the community is the end itself and it's centered kind of around this vcon which is a um, irl meetup that happens i think every year um but uh yeah yeah so it seems like the whole point of this is to build a bring together a group of people that actually want to like meet and hang out and maybe talk about more than just crypto and nfts that but also they talk about those vcon conferences being focused on ideas creativity uh business fun i mean kind of you know really general <laughs> words and everything but it just seems like the community is is more at the center rather than like i said a means to an end so it's interesting from that perspective because it kind of reminds me more of like a country club like your NFT is your ticket in, and um, you know if the country club takes off, then your access, you know, you could, you got in on the ground floor for cheap, and it's a fun club to be in, or maybe you just sell it to someone else who wants to get in the club. But um, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting, a little, little different than how most NFT projects I think talk about their community. Definitely interesting. I need to go off on this minute sidebar real quick because you just kicked something into my brain. <laughs> so you said country club, and I immediately thought. Why aren't there like NFT scorecards for country clubs that players can sign on chain that they witness so that you can track handicaps easier? Oh, I mean, you know why? Because the golfers fucking cheat 
Every oh, you can I, convince golfers of anything, though. Oh, like yeah. if they're going to the tour, like you could sell that idea to like PGA. Yeah, like an well, easy. I mean, Sorry, they, we don't have to get into it. We can talk no, about this later. No, I, I, I would say, I would say, for the people who score matters, I think you know, there's enough people keeping an eye on them. Like the PGA, like I don't think you could. I think it'd be physically impossible to actually like cut a stroke in the PGA with how many cameras and people are watching you. But oh, for yeah. just like everyday golfers, you know, that want to, you know, track their rounds and try to get an accurate handicap. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're still relying on them to be honest. And I don't golf with uh, a ton of great golfers, but uh, most of the people I golf with are, are cutting strokes here. They and need there. the strokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> I got you. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Gary V building around community. That's basically what he does. And I mean, the thing about this is since he's, you know, the main creator, he does all of the marketing more or less himself. I mean, he does more marketing himself than most companies are able to hiring teams and influencers and everything else. So, you know, he found a nice niche here that, uh, you know, we'll see how many seasons of V friends we get, but it'll be, it'll be cool. I think season two is coming around. That's why, uh, mm -hmm. That's why, yeah, that's why this is interesting. It's obviously a bigger mint, but it'll be cool. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is this is another example of someone trying to tie uh, digital asset to real-world benefits, mm -hmm. physical benefits. You know, you can come into this uh, convention only if you're on, you know, we can see, look on the chain and see that you actually own this. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, when you talk about utility and trying to create lasting value, um yeah, I think tying it to real-world assets sometimes can work. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But, um, yeah, the community-based aspects make this really one interesting. So, um, but, yeah, like you said, we'll keep an eye on it. I did. I had another deal I wanted to bring today. Um, Center raised $11 million in their seed deal, which was led by Thrive and uh, Peter Thiel's founder fund. So um, Center, they built uh, an app, and it's for – NFTs as well as developers. Ultimately, uh, they say on their website that NFTs have the potential to reshape how we think about asset ownership. But uh, their goal really is to uh, get people who want to use NFTs uh, just to make it easier to search and discover and use. Um, so they're, they're indexing all the NFTs that exist. That, that's their thing. They want to create a common database that um, you, know, you can just go into like Wikipedia or, or Google I think are probably two really good examples. Uh, type in and search up the NFT you're looking for, uh, and then you can find out uh, it's uh, the the NFT media itself. You know, because like Agbar's well, crypto, you know, he has it on season one, and if you're about NFT, you know, you might be like, okay, well, I see the it's in his profile, but where do you see everything else about NFT? What kind of that I'm part of. You might have a lot of questions, and so having a database that's easy to search through, uh, could it tell you uh, if you could see NFT media, whether it's a picture or, or a video? Uh, you could see the ownership history. You could discover and understand the attributes, um, as well as any potential cross-chain compatibility. So, yeah, it's, it's a repository for information, which I think would only help, uh, really, the 
the market for NFTs, but they want to do them all. They've already gotten through the entire Ethereum chain. They've got all the NFTs on Ethereum logged. They're looking, I think they're working on a dozen other chains. Uh, they aren't in the Cosmos ecosystem from what I saw yet, but um, they want to build the app, which is their index tool where you can go and search. It's their giant database. And they're also rolling out some developer tools to just help developers do the same. Um, ultimately, they're hoping that this just you know, makes NFTs more useful because, you know, you can actually find information about them. Uh, so, yeah, did you have a chance to look at this one? Yeah, I did. Um, definitely interesting. So, yeah, the first thing that I saw was they've got center.app, which is, you know, the NFT searchable database. And then they've got center.dev, which are developers that help create NFT experiences. So I think that's kind of like a consulting thing where they help people i don't know whether they let them choose the chain or they come to them and say you know we can work across these six or eight chains but that was pretty cool to me that they have enough resources to be able to kind of split their efforts into one major task and another major task um because building that building that database can't be i mean once you get it down i'm sure it's a little easier but i mean there are hundreds of millions of nfts nowadays um one of the other things I thought was interesting is there's, I don't know if uh, you said this, it got a little jumbly in the middle there, but um, there's a lot of competition in the space. So the numbers protocol, mm -hmm. which describes itself as a Web3 search engine, and then there's NFT Lab, which is another NFT search engine that said it was the first one. And then Humble announced Search3, which is another search engine capable of NFT discovery across chain. And, you know, I was kind of looking into the traffic numbers of the website and the traffic is down 85% from the peak in early 22 when, you know, people were probably searching for more and more NFT data and, you know, what were deals and what was coming up next. But my right. question to you, Jake, is once NFTs start being integrated into video games and, you know, cross chain and you're able to redeem this for real life that tracking gets super messy. So at what point are they going up to? You know what I mean? Like, are they showing you, so say you have in real life items, are they showing you that cowboy hat NFT and saying that it's already been redeemed for its in real life item? Or is it going to be like a Call of Duty skin that you can sell that it shows the market it's on and the price? You know what I mean? Like you can go yeah. so many layers deep. Well, I think that really ultimately uh, comes up with it comes out to whether or not for let's take your example, a video game who rolls out NFTs with like um, uh, Apex Legends, let's say. Um, mm -hmm. I think it just comes down to whether or not they want to set up an API so that an index company like this could directly connect and automate the information that goes between them so that um, if ownership changed in the game, it would automatically convey into the index. Um, because if they didn't, if they didn't want to allow any kind of API to exist, well, then it's just a matter of paying someone to manually update something uh, every time a change is made. But if you have hundreds of millions of NFTs with dozens of traits and characteristics, that becomes a very um, almost impossible job. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, in a way, it just really comes down to whether or not people um, – there's a value though there, right? Because again, the, the best example of, of a successful index uh, indexer is Google. They've indexed the web. And so, yes, Google benefits by having more like websites, 
want to be hosted on Google, but those websites also benefit. There's a give and take there. Like as a website, you definitely want to be findable and discoverable. So if you're Apex Legends and you're creating NFTs only on your game, well, then you don't need that because, but if, if this opens up, if, if an NFT on video games, uh, you know, if they have to do at any point become transferable amongst all the different games that exist, um, then there's a benefit in being on a common indexed uh, database. So I think it really depends on how that dynamic shakes out. Definitely. Yeah, no, and I'm happy you brought That'd up be my Google because uh, you said they kind of index the web, but yeah, with these, they, you know, instead of doing web pages, they're organizing permissionless digital property rights. So the more that come, you know, I'm right. sure they'll get a process down pat so that they can kind of keep up. I think one of the quotes was saying that they're about a half block behind on most chains they're working on in terms of NFT mints and adding them to the database. So that's awesome. But obviously, there's a huge backlog with more than the 12 chains they're already doing. So another one that will be really interesting to keep an eye on over the next year or two. Yeah. And, and to your last point, I think they can get away with being a little behind because, um, you know, if you want information on a stock, for example, you can Google it. You can even go to Yahoo Finance. But when you want to trade it, when you actually need the updated information, then you can go into your trading system. Or in this case, then you would go into the NFT marketplace. But I think there's a space to also just have a general indexer that provides information. So, yeah, not surprising that everyone wants to be the Google of NFTs. But, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see if Circle or sorry, Center, um, is able to make some headway there. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, cool. Well, hey, thanks, uh, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, this has been another episode of Daybreak Crypto. We'll be back again in a couple days. Thanks for tuning in. See you, See you then.